Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Who do you identify with? This is going to have bearing on every other aspect of your life with God, with yourself, and with others. And it does matter who you identify with. Take a listen, and I hope this encourages you to go deeper into your personal process of real, true discipleship with Him and potentially connect with me. Check out From Trauma to Trust, my book. You can purchase it on Amazon. Also, we would greatly appreciate that anyone that is a part of Tent Talk Podcast would give us a five-star review uh, rating. I'm sorry. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review that will encourage others to come on board with us. Help us to get the message out. We really appreciate you. Thanks so much. All right, here we are again. I identify as a son, 2.0. I want to continue with the reading of chapter 8 of The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. When we begin to realize that unless God is the center, and if you will, then we orbit Him and everything comes from Him. Everything is about Him and going back to Him. You can see why Paul said in Romans 12:1, Therefore, because of this, Romans 11:36 that says everything comes from God, is held together by God, and is headed back to God. Therefore, Romans 12, 1, he says, I beseech you, my brethren, present yourselves as a living and holy sacrifice. My friends, all dying in the kingdom of God is ultimately then about living unto him. He is the center. And when man became the center of his own world, and he became self-focused, self-referring, everything went off kilter. Everything went in a way and a direction that was never meant to be. And this is why we can never truly come to a place to understand the question why. Why did these things happen? And you try to put together sin. You try to put together why people treat each other the way they do. You can only ultimately come to that one conclusion, is that when man became his own God, all hell broke loose. And hell's way of living uh, became, if you will, our norm. And that has to be completely rectified by the finished work of Jesus' cross, it is the cross is not in and of itself, um, you know, powerful. It's what happened on that cross. It's the full, unlimited obedience of the Son to the Father. That is why the cross carries the power that it does. That it is the finished work of Jesus that brings everything back into its right relation and its right order. And that is where we find our greatest freedom. Who are you identifying with today? Who do you look at and say, that's me. I identify with them. You know, this is what Jesus did for us as he identified with us as sin-ridden man. In our corrupt condition, Jesus identified with us. When he went down into those waters, when John the Baptist baptized him, Jesus, of course, did not need it. 
He had no sin. But he was identifying with us, with you and with me in our condition. And now, because of his full identification with us and his full death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and the outpouring of Holy Spirit into our spirit, we then become the righteousness of Christ himself. We now identify with him. And we look to him. And when Holy Spirit reveals that to you, you realize, I am of them, born again, all over again in spirit. So I I want to read this portion of chapter 8 in the pursuit of God on restoring the creator-creature relation or the father-son relationship. It says, a satisfactory spiritual life will begin with a complete change in relation between God and the sinner. Not a judicial change merely, but a conscious and experienced change affecting the sinner's whole nature, meaning they are about to receive the nature of Jesus himself. It talks about the prodigal son, and it says, the story of the prodigal son perfectly illustrates this. He had brought a world of trouble upon himself by forsaking, by abandoning the position which he had properly held as son of his father. At the bottom of his restoration was nothing more than a reestablishing of the father-son relation, which had existed from his birth and had been altered temporarily by his act of sinful rebellion. In determining relationships, we must begin somewhere. There must be somewhere a fixed center against which everything else is measured, where the law of relativity does not enter and we can say is and make no allowances. Such a center is God. When God would make his name known to mankind, he could find no better word than I am. When he speaks in the first person, he says, I am. When we speak of him, we say, he is. When we speak to him, we say, thou art. Everyone and everything else measures from that fixed point. God is the center. I am that I am, says God. I change not. As the sailor locates his position on the sea by shooting the sun, so we may get our bearings by looking at God. We must begin with God. We are right when and only when we stand in a right position relative to God, and we are wrong so far and as so long as we stand in any other position. Much of our difficulty as seeking Christians stems from our unwillingness to take God as he is and adjust our lives accordingly. We insist upon trying to modify him and to bring him nearer to our own image. The flesh whimpers against the rigor of God's inexorable sentence and begs like Agag for a little mercy, a little indulgence of its carnal ways. It is no use. We can get a right start only by accepting God as he is and learning to love him for what he is. As we go on to know him better, we shall find it a source of unspeakable joy that God is just what he is. Some of the most rapturous moments we know will be those we spend in reverent admiration of the Godhead. 
In those holy moments, the very thought of change in him will be too painful to endure. So let us begin with God. Oh, my friends, I pray that you will think upon these things and that you will know that when God came for you through Christ, when he did everything necessary, paid every debt, slayed every demon, brought the devil to nothing, all of it was accomplished in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Every disease, all of our depravity, the old man crucified. Oh, my friends, I pray that the power of the cross would break the veil that might still be over your eyes where you are trying to be good, where you are trying to be a nice Christian. My friends, we were not saved from ourselves and unto him to be nice Christians. We were called to be as Christ, to be sons to the Father. Will you identify as his son today, be ye male or female? Whatever culture, whatever ethnicity, whatever age or gender, whatever generation, oh, this day that we would know that he chose us out before the foundations of the world in Christ, in love, that we might be fully maturing sons unto him. For we were chosen out by him for him. And nothing will make sense until we turn by his very gift of repentance to us as we turn to him and cry out, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Then we know that the deliverance from self is definitely taking place. And we find that all things begin to come into order. It might be slow, my friends, but it will be sure. The slow fire of God's discipleship process is the very best. And I pray it for each and every one of you today. So we will continue next time here on Tent Talk. I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.